You're tuned in to Sheersly Podcast, where I unleash my home salon lifestyle, keeping it sheersly real, unfiltered, and uplifting, inspiring you to become the sparkiest CEO of your life. So prepare yourself to go beyond the beauty chair to create and manifest the business you desire. Hey there, Marvel sister. Again, so much seriously appreciation for pressing that play button. And I hope wherever you are at this moment, you are living your best life. And when I mean your best life, I do not mean that everything is all hunky-dory in your life. When you live your best damn life is when you're able to feel confident enough to embrace your failures. You know, face it, own it share it with no shame and no blame. That is living your best damn life, right? Finding a solution to that situation that best aligns for you, right? Feel all the emotions because you're entitled to good and the bad. It's just a discovery of life and take time for yourself to discover self-care and a good mindset is such Well, it's a great asset. It's a great asset in life, and there is different ways to do it. So I am here just to give you my insight of my experiences of things when I have been building my Shearsley home-based salon. And by the way, it's legit, and it's licensed, and I'm just... It's getting a little bit more easier, I got to say, to talk into the microphone. I feel a little bit more ease pushing that play button, but I got to let you know this is my fourth retake. (laughs) So let's just go with the flow and get into our topic today. So what I'm going to just freely flow and speak out is about my experience when I discovered that I had attributes of imposter syndrome. If you have never heard of imposter syndrome, this is this is the feels that I went through with what aligned with imposter syndrome is I was having a fighting battle of validating that I was competent enough, right? That my skills, that I was qualified. I knew I was qualified and I felt confident in it, but that it was a fighting battle of assumptions and my perceptions of what other people thought. I was nervous that people were going to call me out. So I always went above and beyond to try to prove, to get acceptance and to get validation from other people. So then in turn, that I can get validation for my own self. And it's just, it's just a weird like cycle and eat like, So here is my backstory of when I experienced those type of syndrome types of feels. And by the way, I self-diagnosed myself on Google on this. And I just want to be clear about that. I ain't no expert, but I am an expert of my own emotions and my own experience. So let's dive into this story. So this happened probably about four years ago, four and a half years ago. So what happened in my career of building my legit home-based salon is I was headhunted 
by a very amazing hair brand that wanted me to become an educator. And that was such an accomplishment because I idolized those who were on stage and I love sharing. I love educating. And it was something that I want. And I never knew that if I worked from home, I was able to have that opportunity. And this brand was amazing. And I felt like I belonged even with like being in front of, you know, my peers, my like-minded, uh, educators around. I always felt accepted, which was, you know, it was so nice because I longed because I actually miss a part about being in your typical salon atmosphere is the culture with like-minded people. I miss that. I miss seeing, uh, their creations transform in front of you. I miss that. It's great to see it. Yes. Online, but it's a one minute video and I know the process and it was, something that I searched and needed to feel connected. And I did a lot of things online, but you know what? Connections online are super great, right? It's nice to feel relatable by other people. But I, the reason I become in this industry is because I need human connection. I need in the flesh connection. I need to feel the vibes of other people. I, I'm just intrigued by, um, our human race of feeling like bonded. I don't know. It's weird feeling bonded. That sounds a little bit creepy. And yeah, my mind went there, but I'm just going to have a little sip of coffee. So have a sippy sippy of your drink of your choice. So yeah, so it was, it was a dream come true. It was super cool. So when I was headhunted at the very beginning, uh, Riker was three at the time. And, uh, so the feelers were out because I had um, uh, distributors that would come to the house. And so they just put good word in there for me. And then also, too, on the Facebook page, I loved sharing my work. I would do head sheets. I would put my mixture. I loved helping other people uh, figure out a formula and give different options because one formula isn't going to be enough and it was just different options or recommendations of the product that I was using and I I liked doing that it was fulfilling what I longed for so I remember this moment I was actually working with a client and I hopped on my phone to go on Pinterest because we were looking at pictures and uh one of the educator managers popped up on my um, my DMs and messaged me and said that she wanted to see if I was interested to come and work behind the scenes at one of the hair shows. And I, I beamed. I welled up in tears. I was like so excited. So it was a volunteer. The thing is, is I wanted it so bad that I did something like I felt as a mother, like I sacrificed. It was my child's fourth birthday and it fell on that same day. And I was five hours away from where they were hosting this hair show, but I wanted it so bad. I wanted to prove to myself that this is something that I wanted. And, um, and also too, to give that leg up. Cause I love promoting that a home salon 
can be a very legitimate, profitable business and it could be acceptable in our industry. And I wanted, because a lot of, it was hard for me to find information of home salons because I find a lot of people who work in the home salon world, they they didn't share their experience on social media. There was no information. So I wanted to be able to get those, those artists that are in the shadows and, and let them have a light and be like, what you're doing is legitimate. Like I love promoting or promoting it because no matter where you do hair, like if you're doing hair outside or whatever, you're qualified. It doesn't matter where your location is, which is, which is cool. Like I, I do value that you have a proper education and not a YouTube education of, of hair, but there is a lot of education that you can take on um, on YouTube, which is amazing. So if you are still a licensed cosmetologist, like that continuing education is great as well. And also too, I know this is like a little backstory, but also watch the fail value, fail videos, not as um, point fingers and laugh and think that that person doing their hair is an idiot. I don't mind people doing their own hair. I have done my own hair, right? The only difference is, is they they don't have that full in-depth um, chemical and also scientific knowledge of what we actually do. But you know what? With those videos, you can get learnings out of it, right? You can 100% get different types of learnings throughout those types of education. I do. I don't know. That's just that's just my preference. But anyways, that was a backstory. But anyways, so yes, I sacrificed Riker's birthday to do it. And you know, I you know, I felt guilty because for sure mom guilt is not the best guilt, but also I had to validate to myself that I I was competent to do it. And I knew I was competent and I was I'm a reliable person and I was just I was so excited. So I jumped on board and the experience was freaking stellar. I felt like I belonged. I didn't like, you know, shudder and be like, oh, I'm a home salon. Like I'm like, yes, I work from home. And it was really cool to to go there because some people they already knew who I was, which I thought was like kind of like it was it was flattering, but it's just how I was promoting on the Facebook uh, um, page for just hairstylists of my formulas and stuff, which is which was pretty cool. So it was a few months after that is what um, I was asked to go to training. And so that was up in Edmonton. So I had to drive up to there. And then I had actually a like a, a, a shitty a shitty and good experience uh, going up there on the highway. I was traveling by myself. An oncoming van um, swerved and flipped. And I was right there. I was first on the scene. I pulled over into uh, like the middle, um, what is it? The middle, not Mer- it's not a meridian. It's like dirt, like a ditch. I drove into there and I ran across that um, other highway to get there to, to help. We're on a highway. This was, there was no ice. It was just like springtime. There was no water. It was, it was such a, an unfortunate, like, 
swerve and flip and it rolled a couple times. And so when I got there, just when I got to the vehicle, the man came out of the vehicle and he was covered in blood and he was disoriented. Um, and I, I just like, is everything okay? And you can just, he just like, like I said, was so disoriented and looked at me and he's like, my son's inside. So I immediately dropped because the vehicle was upside down. I want to tell you this. Everyone was fine in the vehicle. I let's, let's say that every beginning, everybody was fine in the vehicle, but it was a very like, it was traumatic. Well, and the, the son was the same age as a Riker at the time in his booster seat hanging upside down. So I took off my jacket because there was glass everywhere and I put it underneath and like, I just, it was that fight or flight moment and he seemed okay. And I know like, logically you don't want to like what if there was a broken bone what if there's something but like I turned around and I slid into the vehicle uh to unstrap uh this boy and uh then he fell on my jacket and we got out because I was nervous like what if this vehicle is going to explode and gas like that was my first I'm like I just want to get them out that was it was just those two um and People stopped on the highway and, and called the ambulance and people actually thought I was in the vehicle because I was all bloody because since I uh, was taking that boy out of uh, the car seat, since there's glass everywhere and I wanted him to fall on my coat. So I got lots of like scars on my back for that. So anyways, the heightened, uh, what is that? Um, that What is that? Adrenaline. Holy shit. That was an unreal emotion in that feel. Um, but I was just blessed that day that everyone was fine. So I carried on, like, the paramedics took some glass out of my back. And then I carried on my way to go to training. And training was, like, it was the highlight. It was the highlight after, like, a dim. It put things in a new perspective when you witness things like that. It's it was weird. Like I kept on thinking like, what if that was my child? Oh, I'm like, I'm walling up right now, just reminiscing about that time. And whenever I drive a part of that highway, if I have to go to Calgary, it just gives me those, it actually gives me those like blessing feels that everyone was, was well out of it. But also too, it gives me that like wills that things just it's just a minute and it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be dangerous weather or anything like that it just happens so it was kind of like live your best life and have a good mindset wow that got like very emotional right there so anyways training was absolutely amazing you know how that like I said an insecurity of mine is uh speaking but in front of people I can I can do it (laughs) I, I could do, I stress the fuck out for sure. Um, internally, like I won't sleep. Like I didn't, I remember that night, like I did not sleep. So I was, I was running on a lot of adrenaline. My mind wouldn't shut off, but I, uh, I, I was able, like, I am a very bubbly person around people. It's not hard for me to meet people. I'm not insecure, like still talking like that. It's just, I just feel uncomfortable talking about, uh, I guess, 
my life. And yes, I was bullied for my speaking. But anyways, I never had a problem with that. So it's interesting when my trip of being uh, it as an educator that I'm still able to speak around people. So it's it's a weird, confident battle. <laughs> yes, it's it's awkward. Um, but uh, it was it was really cool. So Starting with that, like, it was cool doing classes, going to other places, but unfortunately, in my southern region here in Alberta, there wasn't a lot of education, uh, teaching opportunities. So I, I still wanted to prove to myself, to the company, that I was in it, that I still wanted to educate, so I did a lot of the online Facebook group and messaging and like just helping people out in there and which really developed into a lot of private messages with a lot of people and helping them uh, with their formulations and I developed such like I was burnt out my husband's like you got you never hang out with me because I was trying to prove so much for this company and to myself that I was in it and I was 100% in it but it drove me into business burnout and cuz I was I was doing so much that I was 100% not balancing my family because they're at home all the time and I was home at all the time and this was my like little step foot to be out of the house so since Unfortunately, like there was not a lot of opportunity down in here. Uh, what I was suggested was to do uh, more outside of the province traveling. So going to British Columbia and Saskatchewan. So I did a couple classes in Saskatchewan. And unfortunately, the thing is, is like we have no immediate family where we live. And yes, I I had a really amazing friend that had no problem on taking break her um, under her wing while I was doing education because they were like on Mondays I could educate on the days that I weren't wasn't working but Riker still needed to be looked after because he was so young at that time and I felt guilty that I was pawning off my child to get uh, not only um, it was just to get a gain and a level up in my business um, and I, and it just, I felt guilty for that as well. So with that pressure and then just, there was no education. I just felt like I wasn't being, um, I was able to hold up and be reliable, uh, to like continue at that moment. Cause also too, like through that, I was being a little bit more, lackey on keeping my bookkeeping I would say but nothing in like was lacking where I never was like in a financial strap but just being that organized keeping up with your books right I was like oh well I know what to do I could do that like next time or whatever like you have to be very disciplined and be like no schedule it do it now or it won't get done and with that is I was taking more more time for my business and my growth than my family. And I, I didn't want to have that mom guilt anymore. And it just probably wasn't the best time. So, and I was going through such like a whirlwind. I think that as I look back and when I was, um, 
because I went to see a therapist, which I'm hundred percent. Like if you see a therapist, a hair, a, a hairstylist should see a therapist themselves, right? Because it's nice to, when I never understood why it was so easy for people to spew out their whole story to a complete stranger at times, like I never understood that. But when I went to my first therapy session, it was just like, blah, blah, blah. it was like verbal diarrhea just came right out. And you like in one clients, like will sit in your chair and cry. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm a good listener and I feel their emotions, but it's like, I never felt like I, I did that to, to like other people. And, but at the therapist, holy moly, I did. I felt like I spewed my whole life and I cried. And I'm just like, <laughs> it was such an interesting experience. But then it was such an interesting experience that I totally get it. That why people do that. And it is very, it's very therapeutic. So when I was telling her uh, like this experience and she was just like, well, after, because that's trauma, like, um, PSD, you know, it doesn't have always have to happen with the most very traumatic experience, but it could be experience that makes that what if in your heightened anxiety. And I never knew what truly anxiety was until then. And that's also what stems into that imposter syndrome. I got very overwhelmed. And here's the thing is how I was brought up to what overwhelm, stress, anxiety. I was taught growing up that that is a cop-out, that people just say that, just get your shit done. And here's here's the kicker, guys, is my therapist saw that I'm a nail-biter. And she's like, how long have you been a nail-biter? I'm like, my whole life. And she's like, you've always been anxious. That's a, that's a symptom of anxiety is a nail-biter. And I never knew that. I just thought, too, I was like, Oh, I'm just an emotional eater. But those like actual butterfly feels that you have, that's anxiety. I 100% just pulled it off as I'm hungry. (laughs) So of course, I'm going to have a second helping of whatever. But yes, so that was also to my whole discovery of like, that I just came very overwhelmed and anxious. And also within that company, that their that uh, brand, there was a lot of changes and stuff going on as well. And I didn't, I didn't want to turn and look at the company and be, you know, resentful or feel that if I unable to go to um, and teach and do an education or be what they wanted me to be, um, I. I didn't want them to think that I was using their name or that label of being an educator. So those were lots of like things too that I felt like, like I said, it was fraud. Like I, well, I think this is one of the things too that is I actually had a client back then that says, oh, wow, like I never thought you would ever get that type of opportunity to to be an educator. She's like, don't you have to be like, legit. (laughs) And I giggled and I'm just like, but I am legit. I just because I don't work in a commercial spot doesn't mean that my business isn't valid. I'm like, I have a business license. Business license is one thing. 
Um, but I have insurance. I pay expenses. I keep up. I give myself an income. I pay my business off. I I always pay my taxes and pay my taxes on time, right? I want to be that team member in this industry and be on the same playing field as those who work in a commercial atmosphere. I just do it in my own house, right? I love being an independent educator. And so that, I think it was there like too, that I was just like, oh my word, like you, you fight with a lot of mindset to, if you're qualified, that you're qualified enough, right? I'm always going to be learning. And I think that I always try to stress that I need is, is that confidence. I need to always be right. But there was actually a lot of cool learnings that helped me out in my personal and professional life out working for this brand and in behind the scenes. Because, you know, I, like I said, is like, I idolized those who are platform artists and educators because I was like they know their shit they know how to formulate they got it all together which is which is true but I'm going to tell you my experience at one of the hair shows that I I went to is that um one of uh a partnered educators uh there was like three of their creations that they were doing that didn't turn out on their models, which is fine because like I'm 14 years in the degree and the career and I could still get mistakes. Well, that was such a weight lifted off my moment thinking it's okay to make mistakes. Even these people that I idolize that are professional that have, I felt that have made it in our industry, they made mistakes. And they owned it. And it was such a humbling moment to see. They owned it. It was cool. But I also want to let you know, this is a thing that you have to be well aware of as well. You know, when you see, you know, educators on stage and you see like a before and after, and sometimes they will give you the formula that they have. Well, during that experience, this was such an interesting that I've actually have seen it with other brands as well. And I think it's just because everyone wants to have that confidence that they have their formulas right all the time. And sometimes ownership, like ownership was shown behind the scenes with the staff, but it wasn't, it wasn't owned in the showcase of the finishing result, if that makes sense. So they showed it before and then just showed the very after formula. So there wasn't the in-between um, mishap formula that happened that beautifully helped create that ending result. I hope that makes sense. So that is one thing that was kind of like, I, I like I don't want to say it's shady. I'm not calling anybody out. But also, too, was an eye-opener for those who I view on social media. Because everyone showing their highlight reel didn't actually just take that, right? Because we are also trying to promote to our uh, ourselves, like, <laughs> or like pro- promote ourselves as a um, such a professional to potential clients that our shit is good, that our um, education is good. 
Well, every head is different. That's composed of so much different artificial coloring. Like when I have a new client as well is this is something that I, I, I don't do is when a client dis disregards their previous hairstylist that they were stupid or like, I don't know why I went to this person. I don't like that. Because then that just sets me up knowing that that is what you're going to do if you decide to try somebody else, which you're 100% true. But I have to let the client know that throughout this journey, I wasn't there for the consultation. I don't know the method of creative um, skills that this person have. We all are built creatively different in our passion. And it is also a collaboration with that hairstylist as well, because I wouldn't be able to get that end result without the creation that other hairstylists did. So I let clients know that because I don't want beauty bashing. I am the stop of beauty bashing for that scenario. So um, I know that was a little bit off topic, but that's the joys of these. I like to call them solo sods. Um, and I'm just free flowing. Whatever really comes out of my mouth at that time, I have a main topic, but it's going to stem off to some other things because that is what I do. And that is what I don't want to be forced to, 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 to have knowledge in every aspect, but it's like, oh my goodness, that just kind of went weird. <laughs> yes, this is what I'm talking about. But anyways, I think that is, that is going to be my, my whole story. So, well, not, no, I'm not cutting it off quite yet. I got to let you know, but that imposter syndrome, it continues. Like I said before, like things always seep out again, but you're going to have a better awareness of how to deal with it. So this imposter syndrome, I felt like this 2020, I went through those feels again, because you know why is I felt that I'm like, I'm not scared of COVID. I obviously don't want to like to receive it. I don't want to be like an asymptomatic, which to me, like I can't even comprehend what an asymptomatic is, but I don't want to be a spreader. I don't want to be like, I don't want to spread it like an STD or anything like that. But I'm actually, the thing that I'm more fearful right now is COVID snitches, right? I am, I'm nervous that someone's going to try to call me out because I work from home or my sanitization protocols aren't superior. And that's, what's very interesting that I saw in this whole cabacle of hairstylists. The division that this actually created even more in our industry of whose sanitation protocols are more superior than another is a competition. And that just makes me sick. We're driven apart even more. And um, during the course of, you know, have being forced to not work is um, I created a Facebook page with another local owner, salon owner here, and it's called Bonded by Beauty. And it's just where the competition and comparison and the beauty bashing just gets left at the door. But when you need support on anything is to have that like-minded, right? Why, why can't other stylists from a different salon be connected and have a collaboration? why can't that happen? Right? Like 
obviously you like, I understand business one-on-one of wanting to drive income and stuff, but it's like, it's that community of just us beauticians, beauty providers that, you know, can come together and accept whoever, wherever you work, whatever you specialize in. Like, (laughs) do you ever see that sometimes it's weird? Like there's like comparison to a hairstylist that does vivids and then does blondes, right? Like I've seen that, that, that these two, it's just the humans don't connect. Not everyone's going to like you. And that's the thing too. Like, I don't want to be like bonded. Like everybody has to be like besties like no because I understand not everyone's gonna like you and I accept that but you know what is something that I do expect in everyday life is people to respect everybody and to give kindness right and not have an ego thinking they're better than anybody right and it's just something that I I, I just avoid those type of, of people that I always try. You always try to find your like-minded people, right? So, um, but with this whole conclusion of my story of experiencing imposter syndrome is yes, that I, I confronted uh, the director of the brand and says, unfortunately, I'm going to just step down at the moment because I felt lonely as being an entrepreneur and I didn't know how to ask for help within the, within the brand, what they needed out of me. Um, so I thought for sure the most easiest way was to be like, unfortunately I need to step down because I needed my head to be straight again, right? I needed to be me again and not all. So I, I just didn't want the brand thinking that I was abusing the title. So that was something like selfishly that I did. But after what I experienced about, you know, stepping down was that I mourned it. (laughs) I mourned that I felt like I gave up on something that I was looking forward to. And I distanced myself and I went through this like, you know, shame for it. But I couldn't juggle everything. Like I said, three is my favorite number. And that is probably another thing that's probably hesitated me on jumping on board with the podcast because I don't know where it's is going to head and in a direction. Well, I know where I want it to, to head is just to help others that are wanting to have the freedom and flexibility and be able to work at home and be considered that they're worthy enough of their creation and their passion. And help them along the way to make it legit, right? I for sure believe that home-based business, if you are in cosmetology, I do 100% believe that you should be licensed cosmetologist with a business license to operate in your house, right? I believe that it is something that should be um, held uh, very importantly in the industry and not just do it underneath the table. Like the thing is, this is okay. We're going on another backstory because if it's on my mind right now, I am going to talk about it is I don't have a problem with other people doing their own hair. If they went to Sally's or box color, like here's the thing. I want people to support their hairstylist. I hundred percent agree, but I don't have control on other people. So I don't have time to dwell on how they perceive beauty. If they prefer on exploring the art and the creative, because like 
just because you're not a hairstylist doesn't mean that you aren't creative in hair, right? If they want to do it, it is great. One person, like, I do love Brad Mondo. I like that when he is doing his videos, like watching his reaction of somebody doing their hair, I love that he encourages other people if they're oh I you get it like that is awesome that's a good step you're doing the right steps into here I like that and he is being another hairstylist because I want to embrace everybody it's not just you know standing I'm standing for everybody right if people want to do that I get it right if they want to see a stylist after sweet that's awesome but I'm not, I'm not here to ever force anyone to have a society standard because this industry, like I have mentioned before, I don't like the marketing scheme the beauty industry gives out on women's insecurities. I don't like that at all. And that's just something that doesn't align with me. So I'm a person that I embrace and I support whatever you decide to do in your beauty regime that makes you feel whole wholeheartedly just feel that you are enough. So on that note, I hope you enjoyed my, my, my solo. So today I appreciate your time till next time, guys have a great one. Ciao for now.